Welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on Saturday's 2-1 win over Morton, Jamie McDonald. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Obviously, it's great to get up back to winning ways and obviously a late goal. It's always enjoyable. So, yeah, it's good to talk about it. Rhys Aldean's here. Rhys, how are you? Um, not too bad. Uh, struggling with a cold, man. I've been on and off with this cold for about two weeks now. Um, so David will have some some work in his hands trying to edit all my coffee out of this week episode, but I good to discuss a, a last minute winner. Nothing better than a 90th minute winner. So looking forward to it. And rounding off our panels, David Forrest. David, how are you? I am well. I spent the weekend absolutely freebasing raging Morton fan comments um, all weekend. So um, I'm I'm on a high. Morton fans on Pine Bob will never fail to deliver some sensational stuff over there. Um, we'll start as we always do with a, a look at the starting eleven. There were three changes to the team that that faced Queens Park five days beforehand. Harry Milne was out with a knock. Darren Brownlee and Cole McKinnon dropped out, and in came Lee Hodson at left back, Kevin Holt back in at centre back, and Bannigan returned from suspension. Jay, mate, were you happy with that team when you saw it on Saturday? I was happy to see a midfield pairing of Bannigan and Doherty. You know, we've been missing that for ages and it's good to see that back but obviously no Harry Milne was a major concern the minute we saw that you know Milne gives us so much he gives us a lot going forward he's <clears throat> brilliant at getting getting back and getting the tackles and he, you know, he goes in for everything and he's such a key player to us so him being out so obviously it was a bit, bit of a worry but apart from that I was pretty happy with the lineup. and yeah I, I think going next week I'd go with the same lineup, bar bringing Milne in if he's back Reese, do you agree with Jamie? Aye, absolutely. It's a, it's a team that I would have went with. It was just a matter of when Kevin Holt was going to come back in. I, I, don't, I wasn't exactly expecting Holt to be coming in for this game because I, I think Brownlee's done all right. I don't think he's... Well, I think he's been actually coming on to a game pretty much, but aye, as I say, it was a matter of when. So, And I'm, I'm glad that Holt came in and by all accounts he had a good game. I don't think I can think back him him struggling at all, but I had a good game and it didn't look like he was just back from an injury. So that's, that's a, a big positive. And obviously... Harry Milne. When I first seen the team sheet, like you just have a quick glance at it. I was driving to the game, um, so I didn't really take it in. I didn't realise that Milne wasn't playing at first, and then I was like, like Hodson's fine. Hodson's steady. He's no, he's not a patch on Harry Milne. No, like Harry Milne will give you so much down that left hand side. Hodson will do a job and fill in and just sort of steady things. But I, I'm, I hope to God it's just a slight knock and we have Milne back for next week because big big game coming up. David, what did you make of the performance on Saturday? We had a chat off air about the, the turgid nature of the, the match itself, but were were we any good? Um, I mean, we won, but I think it made it all the sweeter that we weren't actually that good at all. We were quite laboured at points. And, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was an odd one, because when we went 1-0 up, you know, the penalty... 
I think we all kind of assumed we just weren't scoring. And then when we got the penalty, we definitely assumed we weren't scoring. So when we actually scored the penalty, was it Lawless that scored the penalty? Or was it Docker? I thought the confusion about the goal scorer was the second goal. <laughs> David, it was, it was Lawless that took the penalty. It was Lawless. I thought it was Lawless that took the penalty because someone had mentioned about how his record at Liffey was really good. Yeah, when Lawless scored, you're kind of like, right, 1-0. That's fine. But, I mean, the goal we conceded was poor, really poor. But to get a last-minute winner of it, I mean, it was a bit of a snatch and grab. Like, we weren't that good. But, I mean, how many... To, uh, chalk this off your bingo card, uh, drawers or draw listeners, but it's results like that that win you the league. You know, when you're bad oh, and you still no. win, it's, it's, it's one of those where, like, you know, a good team will win games that are bad in, and, um, and we won it. If it was against any other team... Me, with the exception of possibly air, I'd be like, all right, we did, we didn't deserve that, but okay. But the fact it's against Morton, Dougie and Marie's Green at Morton, um, and it happened was superb. So I don't think we were very good, but that made it all the sweeter. I definitely agree that the fact that uh, Dougie Emery and his, his trousers were sent to the stand did make it sweeter. I don't think I would say it was a, a smashing grab. I thought it was quite similar in ways to the the Queen's Park game, in the sense that we had a lot of pressure without ever really playing brilliantly. I agree we didn't play brilliantly, but I don't think it was a smash and grab. We had a lot of pressure. Morton were probably quite comfortable for the game, and then in the end, we obviously got a bit of luck with the, the goal being an, an own goal, as we've we've seen since. Ian McCall said he thought we were really good and deserved the victory. We maybe deserved the victory, but I, I don't think it was a, a vintage performance. I definitely don't think we're playing with the same sort of swagger we did in, in the first few first few months of the season. Um, I still think we look a little bit fragile. Jamie, do you agree with that? Yeah, I don't think we've been as good as we were at the start. I think ever since that Hamilton game that we won 2-1, I don't think we were at our best that day, but we won it. I think before then, we had a different kind of feel to us, but after that, wins have been a bit more, maybe outside the Inverness game, a bit more just, you know, we've, we've got there, we've got it over the line, maybe not our best. We've said that quite a few times, I feel, that we weren't at our best, but we got the win. And obviously, that's what matters. The win is what you want. And playing good football always adds to it. I wouldn't say we were like rubbish or anything on Saturday. I thought we I thought we did do some, some good stuff, but we weren't our best and I think Milne not being in the team was part of that as well but I feel no matter what McCall always says <laughs> he thinks we played well like after the Queen's Park game he said he thought some of the performances were outstanding or something like that I don't, I don't quite agree with that I wouldn't say we were terrible but certainly not outstanding and yeah I think he does, does like to waffle a little bit in post-match interviews I think sometimes as well you've got to take managers comments with a pinch of salt I know I, I quite often reference them on here but I think managers coming out and exaggerating it sometimes can be a deflection tactic to distract fans away from players' performances or teams' performances. I'm not saying that was the case on, on Saturday. I think we were, as I've said, sort of okay without being brilliant. I think it was definitely the case after the Queen's Park game where I think McCall seemed to have watched, well, judging by his comments, watched a different game from everybody else. I'd be intrigued to see what was our worst performance under McCall, according to McCall. Because every week he talks about how well we played and how, how brilliant we've been in training and all that. I wonder if you go back through the Jags' own archives and look at all of McCall's interview, what was our worst game that we've had? 
I remember him criticising us after that 5-1 loss at the Vermont when Oware got set off. But he did say Oware getting set off was the reason why. So there was still a little bit of... He was definitely more critical in the early days before it was sort of his team. Um, Maybe from the start of the the League One season, it would be interesting to see. Uh, I don't know if anyone's got like a a couple of days off work in the the near future. That would be quite an interesting one to do uh, if you've got no other sort of life at all. Uh, Reese, I was going to ask you, what were your thoughts on the performance? And as Jamie touched on, we did miss Harry Mum. How how big a miss was he though? I on the game, it was it was a bad bad game of football. Let's be honest, and I felt it was almost dying to death because nothing was really happening. There was a lot of play in the middle of the park. Mortner are a brutal team. They would get football stopped all together. Just every ball was hooked into there and hooked in there and scuffed and it wasn't a nice watch. Um, and it felt like 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 the, it felt. I turned around to my mate. And I said, even after we scored the penalty, I, I don't know what it was. I was sitting in the, the Jackie Husband stand for this game um, and I just said, this feels like a friendly or something. Normally, Morton games are fast-paced or they're full-blooded and stuff and I felt like this game was like fizzling out and it was it's, a, it's quite a funny occasion because the ball could be hit at two mile an hour and hits a player on the knee and half the stand will always shout penalty handball. I don't think there was a single person that appealed for that handball. I think it probably is upon reflection because we're biased and stuff but I didn't hear a single claim for a handball at the time, so it was brilliant to get one like that. And genuinely, part of me feels like the referee went, fuck this, mate. Let's have a, a spice this up a wee bit. <laughs> Penalty fiffle, Dougie Emery, get to the stands. And then uh, the game lit up a wee bit. Robbie Crawford, was he had a wee dive, and there was Doc and, uh, Doc and Crawford having a wee bit of handbags. So that's what that was good to see. Like You like a wee bit of, a wee bit of needle between the teams because it was it didn't feel like a typical Fissel-Morton game. And then, of course... Morton go up the other end and score the most Morton goal of all time. Balls sclaffed about the box and the guy knees it in over Snedden's head. But I, um, it was good to, it's always good to get a last minute winner. I don't care if it's a scuffed overhead kick or if it's coming off the Morton players. Well, it definitely is an on goal. But that's, it makes it even sweeter, doesn't it? Um, so I, if you beat Morton with a last minute winner, it's always sweet. And, and I think it's a massive, massive three points because I was looking at the table and I'm thinking, that's a couple of weeks now and we're just we're still sitting like fifth and these are the games you need to just be winning because obviously Dundee's even bigger again next week, but you need to you need to stay in that pack at least. And there was wee gaps opening up in Queen's Park where Queens were six now up at the time and we were like, mate, we need to turn this into three points and, and thankfully we did and hopefully we can just build on that now. But I, in terms of Harry Milne, uh, I thought I think it is a big loss. Hods, as I said, Hodson's fine, but it doesn't give you anywhere near the attacking threat that Harry Milne does. Um, I thought Hodgson looked a bit tired towards sort of the, the 80th minute mark because there was times where he kept getting the ball out to him and you're wanting him to ball forward and drive on and he was like, he was dragging it a bit and always cutting back and playing the ball inside. Um, but I don't blame him, he's, he's not had too much too much football to play but I get my own back in straight away. I thought Hodgson had quite a shaky start to the game. Obviously he got booked but he got booked um, an incident about two or three minutes before he got booked. Morton countered from a corner and we had two men back, Mark and I think it was Katongo. And Katongo was allowed to bring the ball down and then drive at him. And I was like, right, he's a bit steady, he's a bit shaky looking there. And I think that's what prompted the yellow card because it was almost a carbon copy from another Morton counter-attack. And I think he just thought, right, I can't allow that to happen again. He did calm down into the game, but I agree with you. He's going forward. I don't know if it's because he's right foot and he's playing left back. It's probably a bit harsh to be overly critical. Um, but yeah, definitely not the same attack and threat down the left-hand side on Saturday. And just come back to the point in the centre-halves as well, Reece. 
Dan Brown, I agree with you, he's, he's unlucky to be dropped because I think he has been improving week on week. I thought Kevin Holt, I think it was you, Jamie, said, or might have been Reese. you thought Kevin Holt was good. I thought Kevin Holt was probably the man of the match on Saturday. I don't think he put a foot wrong. He had two or three like excellent headers in the second half where it looked like a Morton head was going to get to the ball first and, and score, and Kevin Holt clears it. And It's hard because you, you don't, Kevin Holt does the things that you don't really notice when he's not playing and when he's playing and you see him make these sort of crucial blocks like that is the difference and hopefully with him back in the side now he'll get a bit of finance he'll get a bit of form and we can go back to the the football we've been playing for the first couple of months of the season because we last I think I said back in sort of September October I thought Holt and Muirhead the way they played was sort of dictating the way the team played especially at home we were dominating games at home earlier on in the season and I think it was, a lot of it was down to Holton, your head Holt is so good on the ball as well. Uh, so hopefully with a, a bit of form and a bit of fitness, we can get back to that. David, do you get anything else you want to add? We, we talked last week about the drum. I don't think I was there when you were talking about the drum, but I did enjoy the atmosphere. I did enjoy it when we when we scored the winner against Morton. Everyone was going wild. Um, it, it was great fun, but I don't know. I just it it was a terrible game, but fair play for everyone staying to the end and seeing that I mean yeah it, it, it was a terrible game but we won it and you had a good time so you can't really complain too much about it can you oh, I'd, I'd rather watch games like that and win every week I think um, and to be honest the goal at the end maybe it was just because how bad a game it was I've not celebrated a goal like that in a while uh, that felt that felt especially good just looking at the table then, we're, we're sitting in fourth on 33 points. Queen's Park only played 20 games. That's a game less than us on 39. Air on 35. Dundee on 35 as well. Huge game on Saturday away to Dens Park. I'll ask you for, I've got a question I'm going to ask you, but I'll save it for now. Jamie, I'll start with you. What sort of game are you expecting against Dundee on Saturday? Uh, the two the two games already this season, they've both been pretty open. Uh, Three two wins for their wayside on on both occasions. Are you expecting more of the same? Are you expecting um, because of how leaky teams have been in those two games, perhaps a more conservative match on Saturday? I mean, I'm expecting us to go in pretty similar to how how we are both times. I mean, both times against Dundee, we started pretty fast. We've gone in at halftime for two 0 lead, albeit we did screw that up in the second game and <laughs> tried our best to do it in the first game as well, but. Um, yeah, I think it will be quite a fast-paced game, quite open, both teams attacking. I don't think either side will keep a clean sheet, but I'm just hoping we'll have enough about us to make use of the early pressure I think we'll have and get a couple of goals like we had the last two times and maybe be a bit more defensively sound, especially this time we'll have Holt back and, you know, back to so sort of back pairing Holt and Muirhead and hopefully Milne back, I think, will make a difference compared to... I don't Holt definitely didn't play the... 3-2-1 at home, so hopefully we're a bit more defensive sound with that, but I think it'll be an open game again. I don't think there's going to be too much um, debate about team selection. I'll, anyone can come in if they disagree with, I think it was Jamie you said at the start, if Milne's available next for Saturday, that's the only change you'd make. Is Does anyone want to make any more changes in that, or would everyone be quite happy with that team? I'd be happy with that team. One thing that I would say, though, is um, like I said previously, I would not drop Fitzpatrick right now, and I still would. I think Fitzpatrick's in a really good run of form, really good vein of form. 
But I thought we were a lot better at the weekend when Tiffany came on and he gave, he gave us that sort of lift. I don't think it was Tiffany's best game by any Of course it wasn't his best game by any means, but he just gives you that bit of energy. He sets the, the, the back line of the other team back a couple of yards. Um, so I'd be expecting to see him get a, a decent cameo at the weekend, whether that's half an hour, 40 minutes, something like that. If we need, if we need a, for, behind a goal and we need a goal, you'd flag him on pretty early doors in the second half. Um, but I... I go with a pretty much the same team. I'm expecting Dundee to actually come out the traps because you know what their home home crowds like. See if they've not got a goal within half an hour or are getting battered like the last time we played them. They turn on them so quick, um, and I'm expecting a lot of fast paced start from them. And I think that 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 works in our favour because when teams sitting against us, we kind of get going. Like you seen it as against Queens Park, we had all the ball and didn't know what to do with it. But when teams are a wee bit more open, we start to get free flowing. We start to get these goals. So. It should be a really good game. It's massive for both teams. Dundee, obviously, what is there's no much in it. And I'm saying that as if Dundee are miles ahead. There's there's two points in it and we can we can bridge the gap with Queen's Park. So I'm definitely looking forward to it and there's a lot to play for, a lot on the line. I agree, Reese. I think it will be quite an open game. I think we've we've spoken well, most recently before the Queen's Park game, but we've spoken a lot about Ian McCall's tactics and I don't think we're ever gonna get a, a change away from the sort of four three three we've got right now. And this sort of gung ho, we'll score three uh, if you score two attitude that we seem to have. So I think it will be an open game. The question I'm going to ask is, would would a draw be a good result on Saturday? We're obviously behind Dundee in the league, but you think if we if we lose, um, and Queens Park win, that might start to look like an unassailable gap. So David, a draw on Saturday, would you would you take it and move on? Absolutely not. I think that. Um... So we, we're going into this with the QP Morton Dundee triple header. We we kind of needed nine points to be right in there, and we lost to QP. We need to beat Dundee, I feel, to kind of remain in the hunt. We need to be clawing points back and making up on our rivals around where we are on the table. As you say, it's quite an open game. Dundee, Dundee realistically should have won this league at a bit of a canter and they have not been great and no, I, I would not take a draw. We need to beat them um, and in order to keep our sort of what title hopes we have, we need to keep up. I would not be taking a draw under any circumstances. Uh, it's an interesting one this on Saturday. I'll come back to you, David, because I admire your your optimism and your your sort of confidence and your refusal to take a draw. I think it's sort of, we look at a wider point now at this stage of the season. What would constitute a successful season? We've spoken uh, for most of the season until the sort of bad run starting mid-November time about going for the league, really. And since we've fallen off a cliff, we've never really come back to look at what would be a successful season at the end of it. So I assume your answer of you wouldn't take a draw is you've still got both eyes on on first. You're not thinking playoffs at this point. Ah uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it very much is that. I mean, so last year it was very verboten that we never mentioned the title. You know, we want to just get as high up as possible. If we get up there in the title race, great. You know, we'll have a go at it. But you know, we want the playoffs. We want to kind of be there or thereabouts. They came out this season, McCall came out and several players have came out going they want to win the title that that is very much as the aim and has been for several months you look at 
obviously last week coming out, you know, there was the, the board update about how we don't have money, essentially. And a lot of that is because we were well backed in the summer and we kind of rolled the dice a little bit and put money in to build a squad, basically to win the championship. I think that has been the focus since the start of the season, even if he didn't outwardly say it as a board or anything like that. But, I mean, McCall's mentioned it, players have mentioned it, Banzo, Graham, they've all mentioned it. It's something they want to do. And I think, I mean, am I right to say in the 12-13 season, we were, I mean, Morton beat us at, at the first game in January. If I am, if no, I am. Morton beat us in Boxing Day, I think, at Farhill, and then the, yeah. the third game at Capital was a draw. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we hadn't beaten Morton all all season before then and we were i mean the, the chant is it is it nine points and they fucked it up but like, it, you know they, they were clear Falkirk were clear it, just because you're that clear in january doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the title and now i think queen's park are an excellent side and it's going to take some beating to take them down but i don't think you should really be going at this point going oh what will constitute a season or oh, playoffs because i mean we got the playoffs last season and you know shat in the bed against Inverness. i think you need to keep that uh, until you're mathematically out you need to keep that aspiration there i mean come back to me in april may as to what i would constitute a successful season but i i'm still fully on board of getting pissed and kirkcaldy's who won the title on the last day and going to Eurovision, an absolute mess of the week. But I don't know. I think we have set our expectations high as a club to kind of climb down from that in January is is not what I would be doing. But then again, we get 66% chance of winning the title. So, you know. Jamie, do you agree? Are you still looking at the title at this stage of the season? I think it's still possible, but I think it's going to be pretty tough. Obviously, don't want to say it's over because it's definitely not. But the fact that Queen's Park still do have a game in hand and they're six points ahead, I don't know who it is they have, but on their current form, what put it past them to beat anybody in the league, home or away, especially if it's at home. And yeah, if they got a nine point lead, it does start to come pretty difficult to get it back, especially because we've only got one game against them left. As I said, it's not impossible anything can happen. Look at League One season, Falkirk imploded. We went on an amazing run. Like David said, the 2012-13 season, we were behind, we came back. These things can happen, so it's definitely not over, but I think it's going to be tough. And, you know, when the title does become, well, if it does become impossible to win it mathematically, then I think we've got to really, really concentrate on trying to get Second, obviously that's that's an obvious thing to say, but just that no team has ever gone up who's finished third or fourth in the playoff. So yeah, you get a massive advantage by coming in second. You miss out an entire game. So yeah, I think that'd be a huge aim. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Jimmy. Uh, would you take a point at Dundee on on Saturday and move on if you were offered it now? I wouldn't take it if I was offered it. To be honest, I'm, I'm mostly it's not like a disastrous result, but realistically I think that the mood would be a bit deflated if we did drop points at Dundee if we win that you know we've kept up reason aside from the Queen's Park game we've kept up breaking form recently and we'll have beaten quite a few teams around us by that point we'd be in Morton we'd be in Air, we'd be in Dundee Inverness to an extent obviously they've fallen on the table recently but 
even so, that would be really good one of results apart from the Queen's Park game, and it would get confidence for everyone. And I think if we won that, then we could genuinely go on. Well, we'd already be on good form, but you'd never want these runs to stop. But a draw, I think, would kind of maybe halt us a little bit, and you know the mood would drop. The form might drop a bit, and yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a disaster. But I don't think it'd be good, so I wouldn't take it as up now. Reese, what about you? How are you looking at the season at the moment? Are you still looking at the title or are you looking to secure a playoff spot? Well, it's one of those ones that it's definitely not out within out within reach because the the reason that when I say this, like David touched back in the twelve thirteen season, we only lost four games in that whole league campaign that season. That we've lost eight already this season, um, and the reason. The reason I think it's still possible is because this year it's very entertaining. There's about five teams. There's about six teams that probably all would stake a claim of still winning the league if they go on a good run. Six or seven teams that all can still win the league. Um, and that's just because the standard is quite poor. Like Even Queen's Park, I think they've lost four or five games. I mean, only Queen's, Queen's Park the only team that have won more games than us this season. So it's, it's still wide open and there's a long way to go. I think anything less than second is a failure. We got fourth last year, third and fourth's the same thing. That's no any good. That's not an improvement in my eyes. And second second would be disappointing to be honest with you, but you you've got to be up there. At the start of the season I wanted us to win the league, and as David said, I think that is the outward aim of the club to win the league or at least gain promotion. So top two has got to be your aim. Uh come Saturday, would I take a point? Nah. Uh, and I don't I never really like the would you take a point question because when people ask me and I remember, like people have said to me, like even in the COVID, uh, COVID season in League One, we'd go up to uh, Cove Rangers and people would be like, "Oh, I'd snatch your arm off for a point and stuff." And I, I, I don't really like that because I go into every game. Like, see if we went to Celtic Park tomorrow and somebody goes, "Would you take a point?" There's a part of me that would be like, "No," because at the end of the day, it's 11 v 11, and anything could happen in a game of football. And I mean, it's done deal. We've beat them already this season, and we chucked our lead against them in the last game. They're no world beaters. There's two points between us. Go and get this game won and you put yourself in a very good position. And I'm happy with I'm very happy if Queen's Park wanted to be our bogey team all season. It was the case with our bro for years and years, and you can go on and win a league despite losing four games to Queen's Park. That is possible, that's fine. And if that happens, if that wants to happen, then I'm fine with that. I think I agree with you, everybody. I, I probably wouldn't take a point either. I just thought it was an interesting question to ask. I think this season becomes a disappointment when we're not talking about the league title anymore. And I know folk will be listening <laughs> to our chat about league titles and rolling their eyes. But when it becomes not a mathematical impossibility, but like a, a massive probability that we won't win the league, which to be honest could happen in the next week or two if, if we lose again and Queen's Park keep winning and they go into a, a sort of double figures point lead with, with games in hand, you'd, you'd have to say the league's over at that point. But while we're still talking about it, I think that's still got to be the aim. I think at the start of the season, I think we all said, as long as we want to win the league, we should be aiming to win the league. It won't be a failure if we don't, as long as we are in the discussion all the way. We've, we've nearly fallen out of it. It's nearly become a failure, but I, I still think we're we're hanging on by maybe a, a couple of fingers at this point, David. I just want to say, like, um, I've... So through this whole season, I've been doing a season review of all the best bits of all our pods, and you you bet your bottom fucking dollar I've got week one 
Matt Greer pulling at the what percentage chance have we got of winning the championship question ready to go for the hubris when we finish fourth because they beat Rafe Rovers in the last day to fucking secure a playoff point but um, it is one of those where you as you as I think as we said, the second you stop talking about the league title, that's basically you admit you're not going to win it. And I think it's the same with the team as well, where they can't outwardly admit it. And I think you, you kind of need to just keep the faith with it because if you don't, what's the point? Like you know, you can't have you can't have a dream come true if you don't have a dream. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's one of those you just need to keep going until we're 18 points behind Queens Park or whatever. But it is one of those where, you, regardless of how silly or desperate it looks, you kind of need to keep the face up while it's still mathematically possible because it, it's just, you, the second you admit you're not going to win it, you won't win it. I'm sure plenty have already admitted that we're not going to win it, but but here we are. Uh, we can we can stay positive. David, I don't know why you're sort of thrown about the the threats of a, a best bits podcast. You are famously the most wildly optimistic on here. Uh, I think that if we had a, a flat end to the season, would come back to bite you the most. I I, I don't I don't doubt it. Um, um, <laughs> I'm 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 here to serve a purpose, and that purpose is to predict us winning every league title, and that we do win. So um, I mean, we're going to win the Premiership next year, Matt. Don't you don't you know it? It's sixty-six percent chance. But um, yeah, uh, like I. David, I'll come to you first for a prediction. I, I tallied the, the prediction scores up earlier, having not done so in about a month. You are sitting on 21 points. Reese is on 20 points. Jamie's on 19, and I'm on 18. So, David. As our leader, you can kick us off. Nobody got a correct score last week, but we all predicted Thistle wins. So what do you think is going to happen on Saturday at Dens Park? I'm going to absolutely scum this one. I'm doing a Craig G. Telfer uh, when he used to be like betting Kelly Hearts win every week in League 2. Um, free 2 Thistle. Um, that's it. We've had two free 2 wins. Um, aye, free 2 Thistle. Jamie? I was tempted to say 3-2 as well, just because of the other two games, but I'm going to say 2-1 first all. It's going to be a really end-to-end game, tight one. Rhys, what about you? Similar to, to what's been said, I think it'll be, this will be good for both teams to score, Coupon, if you're, if you're in the, the gambling way, but I am going to say, I'll err on the side of caution, I'll stick with what Jamie said, it'll be 2-1. I can see Zach Rudden scoring for them, maybe making it one each or something, and then us striking late again. That would keep me happy. Uh, I'll I'll go away from a victory this week. I w- again I wouldn't take a draw, but I, I can maybe see a draw. Uh, and I agree with you, Reese. I think both teams will score. I'll go I'll go one one on Saturday. We will finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle. And after Dougie Emery and his his pretty offensive white chinos were were sent off on Saturday, I'm going to ask you all what is your personal worst fashion story. Um, David, I'm going to save you for last again because. I'm sure you'll have one or two from your, your goth days. Uh, Reese, Jamie, is that either you want to kick us off? I'll go first then. Uh, to be fair, I don't know. I had a good wee think about this. I quite, I quite like clothes and stuff. Like That's something that I'm, I'm quite into. But uh, I remember when I was younger, uh, maybe when I was about 14 or 15, and that's a wee bit Larry, but there was um, like a Pharrell Williams uh, 
superstars, I think it was superstars, not Stan Smith. I think it was a superstar pack that released Pharrell Williams. Um, and it was like every colour. There was like there was like red, blue, and I'm talking like baby, like fluorescent, like yellow, every colour. And I had like fluorescent pink ones, like pure, like the cancer research sock, that colour. Remember the fiscal kit? It was like that colour of pink shoes, mate, like all over. And <laughs> I, I rate them, mate. I, I bought them myself. Um, and I, I, would, I think they were nice, mate, but I wouldn't wear them nowadays. So that's probably my worst. Jeff, Jamie? Um, that, when I was younger, I think I was like, and I think I was an S1, so I think I'm about 12. Back in the day, people used to, <laughs> people used to do these like whole your birthday things. I uh, like this place in Great Western Road that doesn't exist anymore called Viper. Very cringy, like looking back, but um, what everyone was wearing, but my outfit was atrocious. There's a photo from it that I think I've got on one of my old phones. I'm wearing like, talking to chinos bright red chinos with like this more than one shade of blue colored t-shirt it's it's a really really bad outfit but obviously i was rocking it at the time as a wee 12 year old in great western roads it's not it's not a good look i'll come in here because i've got quite a similar one uh, jamie i found a picture of myself recently playing golf when i was at high school and I had red trousers on and a red hat with a blue t-shirt. looked like a fucking bellend. Anyway, David? I mean, I've continuously looked a bellend for my entire fucking adult life. So um, <laughs> it's it's been a steady evolution for me. But um, basically in the trousers where, like, I used, um, I used to wear combat trousers for, like, a good decade. Like, camouflage trousers. The amount of fucking drunken people on the bus go, where's your legs? It was just a disaster, <laughs> right? Um, I don't know you get the same bus as Mark. Aye, aye, well, aye, exactly. Um, but no, so I think that there's probably two. So like I, again, I'm big into my heavy metal and I would wear the most blasphemous shirts. Um, just he- headiest stuff. Um, I used to go into school where like people were like, like, paintings of people being crucified on the back of my hoodie and all that like you know it, it was it, that sort of thing like yeah the proper evil <laughs> satanic stuff it was brilliant man but i had a pair of black um mosher jeans like you know the big the big mosher jeans that are like just tense on your legs right <laughs> i had a pair of them and they were huge and he had a giant wallet chain and a big fucking dragon, like something at a fucking dragon ball. I was like 14, 15 at the time. And I thought these were the coolest fucking things in the world. And do you know what? I was right. They were. But nobody else agreed with me. And then I got a giant rip up this the hem of them. And like, so basically they, they, they just like opened up and it was just like, yeah. Um, and I had to get rid of them and I was gutted. But I'm not going to lie, over over lockdown, when we had like six months in the house and weren't allowed to leave, I was very tempted to just go out and like go and get the full Marshall gear again and just cut about the house in giant tent trousers and like stupid cradle of filth hoodies and all that that I couldn't wear it in public just because they're, they're so comfy. But um, yeah, I, I I managed to relent. But I might just bring back the stupid new metal trousers that are like eight size. I used to wear stuff that was way too big for me. I've got better at it now. But I used to buy like larges and stuff like that and everything because it was so baggy and I loved it and it was dead comfy. And then eventually had to like realise that oh no, I can't I can't get away at like thirty one and like. XL Exodus shirts and all that, so I had to kind of like fucking pare it down. 
and um, get it. But yeah, so I but, but those those dragon trousers I had when I was fifteen were amazing. I loved them, but they are absolutely horrendous. This. I just want to come in. I just remembered that we uh, draw as a draw anecdote there. Remember last week when you were, or the other week when we were talking about the funeral songs, and you mentioned that what was it Napalm Death or something? The one second yeah. song. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. and it's like, what is a one second song? So I went and done a wee bit of research in my own time. What a lot of shit. And you're trying to come for me about SoundCloud rappers, mate. That is amazing. <laughs> and, and I thought, hey, didn't words in it. I thought he said he, he said like a full sentence. And there's nothing. Mate. You suffer, but why? That's that's the lyric, yeah, eh? That mate, they just—it's a noise. The guy's farting. Um, aye, well, I'll see, I went to see Napalm Death in the the first direct arena, fourteen thousand capacity crowds. Uh, you see them a couple of weeks ago. I mean, none of them were there to see Napalm Death. I will say that, but uh, they were there. But um, aye, I I stand by it. You suffer, but Sounded why? better before you said that they weren't there to see them. I, I would have bought that the fourteen thousand there to see them because I don't know anything about these. Mate, see at the concert, right? Like, how do they? How do you know when they're going to play that song? Does it just go like that, or do they announce they're going to play it and then? No, no, no. They do it by surprise. So they'll play a song and it's called that, and then that's it. And then everyone goes, "Hey!" Because they love it. Because everyone's looking out for the one sick song. I took my pals who hadn't seen the Pam Death before. They knew of them, and uh, and then they played this song and just went, Rah! and then and everyone went, "Hey!" Whatever. And yeah, um, everyone loves it. It's the best song. It's the, the song that everyone loves. They, they all look forward to it. It's brilliant. Sometimes they play it like four or five times just for a laugh, just to kind of G the crowd up. But I, I'm really glad. What price, what price are you stick it, David? <laughs> I got them free from my work, I will say. So that was fine. But I mean, I'd have paid to go. Um, but uh, no, I got them free from my work. I'm really glad we've finally got some partridge thistle beef. Uh, that that was the aim of this a hundred episodes ago when we started it. So so that's good. And uh, if we ever <laughs> if we ever get like a Patreon, David, it's just gonna be you and uh, monologue and partridge thistle answers, I think. I think that's the way Mate, mate, we hyped up this Patreon for for years at this point. No, no, no. Yeah, so like, the, the, the episode one of the Patreon is I've got comb. Um, shouting at Gary Caldwell and on an MP3. That's episode You've one. You've got the audio of that. I have, yeah, my pal, my pal's we've, a Celtic We've fan. released 120 episodes of a Partick Thistle podcast and we've not put a Partick Thistle fan murdering the, one of the least popular managers I, of recent times out on audio form. That's I mean, what you're telling us. No, no, right. I mean, do you want me to stick it in at the end? Right, because I will, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. So no, like, so I got a message from my pal who's a Celtic fan, and his best pal's Colm, who's a Thistle fan, and he's like, "Oh, my pal Colm, he was he was steaming, and he went mental at Gary Caldwell. Did you hear? Is it hear it? I was fucking sitting next to him. He's like, "Oh, I've got the audio. Do you want it? I'm like, absolutely, I want that. So no, I've got that saved for a rainy day. Uh, second one, um, and then we can get into party official stories after that. Oh. The only reason that I used to beef up this section a bit because my answer is always one sentence, Jamie's answer is one sentence, so I just try to get David going, get the minutes up a wee bit. Aye, the old napalm death answer, aye, one sentence, right? I'm going to try to work count for the next Partridge Thistle. It needs to be 50 to 100 words to up Reese's and Jamie's, but significantly. This segment is just designed so that David can go on a big monologue about an interesting story. Match goes like, oh, here we go, Reese and Jamie. Better get a good answer to you, and then we give a shit answer every single week. It's just <laughs> Re- the same Re- thing. 
Reese comes on here and disrespects Napalm Death going, Oh, they just do shite for five seconds. I'm like, yeah, Mate, have you listened like, to any of your Patrick Fistle answers the last fucking ninety five episodes? <laughs> That's just great. I give good commit, that's wrong. <laughs> I know, but um, yeah, I everyone's but, gonna have switched off by now anyway. So oh no, they will No one's gonna listen to this. Everyone's gone. <laughs> Is this like kind of a Halloween episode? I put the interview with Solomon Kulabali in after like spooky organs. I don't know if anybody actually listened to it. See the Caldwell monologue you're talking about? Is this guy saying it to his face? Yeah. No, it's at the meet the manager meeting. Like he goes, like he doesn't breathe for five minutes. It's, the, it's the, the best thing you've ever heard in your life. It's so good. Right, I've got two things and then we'll wrap it. Firstly, I hope you uh, beep out what the second episode of our Patreon is going to be, just, just to keep a bit of suspense and uh, probably not to alienate uh, uh, the dad demographic of the fan base. And secondly, next week's Partridge this one is going to be who's your least favourite um, draw, lose or draw panellist, just to, to get some more beef because I've enjoyed it this week. <laughs> but anyway... In the meantime, stay safe and we will be back next week to look back on our trip to Dens Park and preview the Scottish Cup tie against Dunfermline. Thanks for listening.
Carrie, uh, I don't doubt you've been dealt a really bad hand with the squad you've had to work with. Um, it's really lopsided. The last 18 months especially has been, to put it politely, grim. Uh, we've watched teams, various teams, various formations play with a lack of fight, a lack of passion. I don't know if you said in your interview when you applied for a job, if you watched the playoff performances in May, uh, I was gut-wrenching for me. I've not seen any difference this season. They've played their part in Archibald losing the job, and they've played your, their part in you having one of the worst starts in the last 23 managers of Partick Thistle, the first six games. So I'm not seeing any improvement. We're bottom of the league in December. Whether you think we're a top six side in Scotland or not, that's what we that's what we were in, in April 2017. We're bottom of the league. Three wins, one draw, 11 losses. It's a disgrace. I'm a bit confused with some of your match, match reactions saying we play at standard or not. We don't keep clean sheets, we don't create chances. That's why we are where we are, and now we're bottom of the league. With the team who gives Alloa their first home victory of the season, with the team in the division who gives Falkirk their first home goal of the season. So I'm, I'm just, I, I don't get this. I don't get this. We're still the, the main aim is promotion, because this shower of players will get us relegated again. And I've, and I'm, I'm a. Looking at the crowd without being disrespectful, I'm one of the younger fans. But I've already seen us relegated twice in a row, and saw where the club was, and we're lucky to come back from that. And what I'm watching, we're, we're heading straight down there, in my opinion. So I just want to know if everyone here understands the severity of our situation, without saying, "Oh, we're playing well. We're really got a good works training. Yeah, the play, play, players are, you know, training really hard." It's not cute enough right now. We're bottom of the league when we're, we were a Premiership team last season. I, I totally understand your frustration and I understand where you're coming from, but you can't go from there to there in, in a short space of time. You have to build people up. You have to change slowly. It's not going to just happen like that. I can't just come in and do that and the players suddenly have confidence, suddenly play well, suddenly score goals, suddenly keep clean sheets. It's, it's a process. So... After the games, I, I am disappointed, but I have to look at the process. And, and when I say about training, we train every day very hard. The, the staff, myself, Brian, Carlos, Kenny, prepare every day to make sure the players know what they're doing and try and build on a way of playing that, that we think will win us games. We are ultimately not doing that on a match day, but like I said before, it's the small details that are costing us. So when we went to Falkirk, we conceded four shots. Two of them were on target. Now, if you look at stats and go across the whole country on that weekend, there wouldn't have been a team playing away from home, conceded four shots with only two on target. Unfortunately, one of them ends up in the net. And it was the same at, uh, where was it? At Alawa as well, sorry, yeah. Four shots, two on target, one ends up in the net. Ultimately, it is not good enough, and I understand that, and I'm doing everything I can to change that. But these things can't keep happening. We have to look at those details and say, right, why is that happening? We have to keep working on the principles of play, like I spoke about, about counter-pressing, about being compact, about being better in the final third, and change that. And then ultimately, in January, find players that, when put in those positions, can deliver the results. 
and I am working extremely hard. Jerry, the board are working extremely hard to change that for you. So I accept it is not good enough. I accept being bottom of this league is unacceptable. But in the six games I have, I think everyone in here would agree there has been progress in performance. And we have to keep building on that and turn it into a result. And one result will turn into more. I'll, I'll give you the Inverness game where Tongo had a good chance and uh, Young Fitzpatrick had a chance. But other than that, we don't play create clear-cut chances for our strikers. We, we don't create chances and we concede every single week. The only we've reason... Had, since I've been here, we've had 83 shots and goal in six games. Right. And, and How many on target, do you think? What? How many on target? I, I don't know. How many, how, many, how many goals have we scored since you've came here? Two. Two. How many conceded? Ten. Exactly. Yeah, I understand that, but... That's the worst We're, record in recent history. So that's all I'm saying. As long as you understand I, the I totally understand. Work, I totally understand. It just but isn't good enough. I understand that. But we're working on a process towards winning games of football. If, if there's any other way that's quicker or anyone knows any other way, as I don't long, think there is. As long as you identify who needs to go in January. Cause We've that, already spoke about that. I know. I know. Yes, yes, We've already like, said that. I mean, this is serious. This is serious. Just Gary, Nah, it's win one fucking league one.